think for me, it was the drive to overcome the stigma, right? To overcome the, oh, I'm a teenage parent, I'll never be successful, right? So I've had some really great um, career opportunities in the past that, you know, the Veteran Service Organization, the DOD, um, we've done some really cool things at the White House level um, for military families and veterans. Um, so, you know, to constantly be able to say that that decision that you made when you were young didn't stop you. And I think that's the drive that I have, but I also try to bring that through to my partners. Hello, everybody. David Donaldson here with another edition of Entrepreneurial Impact. Very excited today to have Aaron Ward with us. Aaron has a background in the military and successful real estate team running things down on the southern side out towards the coast. Mm -hmm. uh, coming with us, uh, another one of my, my glasses uh, uh, affiliate partners there. Aaron, welcome aboard. And I love the red. Thanks. Yeah, I have a I have a addiction to buying glasses, much to my husband's chagrin. So, <laughs> so some people acquire shoes, you acquire glasses. I do have quite a few. I'm I'm kind of getting known for it. It's my new shtick. You know, everybody's got to have one. I used to be. Uh, I used to wear vests all the time. That was my shtick. Is that I wore vests. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've come very casual, and now I'm like a t-shirt and jacket guy. Yeah. But I've got a closet of about 25 vests that I don't know if we'll ever see the uh, light of day again. I think they're back, though. Are they back I, again? I think you need to bring it back. I, okay. I think they're back, and I think you should try it again. Can Do I go again. with, like, T-shirts and vests versus T-shirts and jackets? Yeah, it seems Why like not? an easy transition. Do it. Okay, all right. I, I was never, Like, I have one pair of glasses, and if I, if I misplace them and lose them, then I'm completely messed up. But... You know, I don't collect a lot of shoes. Everything I have sneaker wise is pretty much black. So they're interchangeable. Not a lot of color here. Yeah. Um, but this, the is, this is about it for me. So I, 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 I get it. Yeah. You have to add a little pop. So bring your vest back out. I'll right. support you in it. You know what? The thing with the glasses, what I like is like, that's a face-to-face change. Sneakers, yeah. you got to be looking down. You want to look somebody in the eye. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this works. Yeah. 100%. And uh, I think my husband's kind of coming around now because we get stopped a lot. <laughs> and it's a good conversation starter. And because I track my business, I can tell you we've gotten one deal from it since I started buying these glasses about a year ago. So there you so, go. Paid for hey, themselves. One deal a year funds all the glasses That's you could right. possibly need. <laughs> exactly. All right, you've heard it here first, people. Go <laughs> out and get that eyewear. Yeah, this is uh, my new system. Don't don't put that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. All right. Well, Aaron, why don't we just kind of jump into it? And one thing I love about our show is the backstory, right? I think backstory is incredibly important to kind of laying the foundation about who you are and, and why you are what you are, right? So take us back a little bit. What is the journey for Aaron? Ooh, yeah, so um, I was a teenage mom. So had my first kiddo at 16, um, which is kind of starts you off on an interesting path when you start out at 16 uh, as a parent. And so um, I got married very young. I became a military spouse at 17 years old, had one kiddo, had another kiddo, not not too long afterwards um, and moved overseas. So, you know, at 17 years old, living overseas, I hadn't really 
had any kind of career experience, but back in 1995, we didn't make a whole lot of money uh, within the military and it was expensive to live overseas in Germany. Um, so I went out, got a job and it just kind of started my life. Um, I was a military spouse for 23 years. Um, and you know, it kind of started my life of constantly changing career paths. Um, we ended up moving quite a bit or PCSing as we call it. And so, um, we moved 19 times. Holy cow. Um, yeah, between military moves and just local moves, having moved out of like military housing, or we would be with landlords that would sell the property. Um, and so I was constantly finding myself like evolving and changing and um, not really able to ever get my feet underneath me in one particular career because of the moving. And so I kind of figured out pretty quickly on, though, if I was able to jumble all these different backgrounds and experiences. And I went from everything from hotel desk clerk to insurance sales to bartender waiting tables um, to even morning radio show host. You know, so I kind of did a little bit of all kinds of different things. Um, and when I started packaging that, packaging all that together, I was able to kind of really build myself into a larger um, careers with some education background or backing me up and um, kind of fell into a nonprofit role um, and evolved into a um, chief operating officer for a major military uh, veteran service organization, um, which then, um, you know, the nonprofit sector can be very draining and not uh, a high paying gig. Um, Prop, right? <laughs> Non-profit. Yeah. yeah, there's no profit to it whatsoever. So, you know, a lot of my military spouse friends were moving all over and I had other military spouse friends who had um, real estate licenses. So, you know, anytime somebody would move, I'd say, hey, let me connect you with so-and-so. And then my one brilliant friend, her name's Amethyst Albert. She's with Keller Williams down in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Fort Bragg area said, Aaron, if you get a license, we can pay you for those referrals. I'll and I thought, that. you know, at this point, I was a single parent um, getting ready to get remarried to my husband who's in the Navy and uh, he's a Navy veteran. And so I thought, well, I could use all the dough I could get at this point, right, in the nonprofit sector. So got licensed. I blame her entirely for my success <laughs> and kind of took off from there. And I quickly learned, um, you know, I came into this industry as a dual career agent, you know, single parent, definitely was nervous to quit my job. But things really started taking off. Um, that first year, I think we closed 14 transactions, part-time, dual career. I traveled two weeks out of every month. But don't um, sell yourself short at 14 in your first year for yes. any year, let alone your first year. Yeah. Put you in the top echelon of Asia. I think that's where a lot of people fail to understand, like the, the amount of licensed agents versus the amount of productive agents and where that threshold actually really lies. Yeah. It, the barrier of entry is kind of low, right? Well, and, and that was 2017, right? So interest rates weren't 2% either. Right. So it definitely- and you had a mindset, in. right? You came yeah. in a mindset like, this is going to be my profession. Again, when you dual career, I- the dual career associates that come in and that join us that have a driven passion to go, I'm going to build a business are some of the most productive agents that I know, right? Yeah. That there's there's that mindset, well, oh, dual career. No, there's dual career and then there's dual business owners, right? Yeah. That's a different conversation. So take me down that like, like that's a mindset. That's a drive that, okay, I am transitioning. I got to make this work. I've got a family. 
I've got some time, but my time is limited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, listen, this gave me the opportunity to kind of go to the nonprofit sector and say, I'm done. Um, And it was the first time um, I wouldn't say it worked out really great. I got frustrated, you know, but I knew I had this outlet and I really had believed in myself at that point. And I had a partner in my now husband who truly believed in me and I quit my job, um, just up and quit it one day. Um, and I remember calling him and said, well, I just quit my job. And he said, well, that's okay. You know, we had already been moving towards me quitting, you know, going right. real estate full time. We, we saw the potential in it. Had I had the focus on that, um, we just did it much earlier. Um, and we were really broke at the time. We just had not, we, we were not even halfway to the goal that we wanted in order for me to quit. So in true Aaron fashion, I did so way early. Um, and I think that kind of put me in survival mode. I had no option but to succeed at this point. You know, single parents still had to pay all the bills, was responsible for three kiddos, you know, that needed to really, who were also growing into their own. They were becoming young adults and, and you know, starting to hit their 20s and things like that. And so there were no options. It was not an option to fail at that point. And so I think that's what pushed me. And, you know, I, I stayed on a little bit longer, um, you know, cause I did give notice to the veteran service organization and my days would start at 6am with real estate. So I would get up at five to start real estate at 6am, do real estate till 8am, do real estate on my lunch then in my day at five o'clock and then do real estate till about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, whatever it took. I was going to be successful. And that kind of put me, you know, we doubled our business the following year. Um, that next year, I remember going into my team leader, uh, Linda Russo's office and said it was December. And we had, I think, I think we had like 12 closings in the month of December, which if, if you know, December, that's like, you only get like two weeks. Right. So <laughs> I remember just saying, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. And she said, you need a team. Like, of course you're not going to, you can't do all this on your own. Like you need to, you need to grow. And we had already brought on admin support, you know, really following the MREA at that point. Um, but yeah, that's how we grew. Um, and it's really been my, I'm passionate about real estate. Um, I'm passionate about what we do. Um, and I think it's because with Keller Williams, we're allowed to do it how we want to do it. You know, we're really allowed to, yeah, we're really allowed to build a life by design, but also within, you know, my own company here. Well, I mean, don't sell yourself short either. I mean, like you recognized, and again, I mean, you said, okay, I have, you left your job and you recognized, but at the same time, you had a plan. Now, timelines always vary on us, right? You had kids at an early age. So so your growing up timeline changed. Right, right. You're used to that adjustment going, okay, we're we're going to figure out and make this happen. But you had already put yourself in the business attitude of going, okay, this is where I'm going. Yeah. I just got to get there a little bit faster and mm-hmm. I have to ramp things up. Yeah. But at the same time, where does that come from for you? Like, the, how, did, how did you get that? Okay, I got to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you, when you have a baby at 16 years old, 
right? There is no one who thinks you're going to make it, right? And, and and let me be very frank. I have a daughter who is now 26 years old. If she had come to me at 16 and said, hey, guess what? I'm going to have a baby. I'd probably be like, holy cow. And I have a bonus daughter right now who's 16. And I can't imagine, I, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, God bless my parents at that point. Like, yeah. you know, that's a lot, but I was immediate and I was a very smart kid um maybe a little too smart a little ahead of myself you know I was a straight A student I was in the international baccalaureate programs I had graduated I did graduate from high school you know all these things um but I definitely had a lot of doubters and I always have my whole life right a lot of um you don't make a lot of friends all the time when you're constantly moving forward and wanting more and more and so I think for me it was the drive to overcome the stigma, right? To overcome the, oh, I'm a teenage parent, I'll never be successful, right? So I've had some really great um, career opportunities in the past with, you know, the Veteran Service Organization, the DOD. Um, we've done some really cool things at the White House level um, for military families and veterans. Um, so, you know, to constantly be able to say that, that decision that you made when you were young didn't stop you. And I think that's the drive that I have, but I also try to bring that through to my partners, right? So, you know, my, you know, even bringing it through to my husband, you know, since we got married to say, hey, let's keep moving forward. He's since got his master's degree, you know, he's now quit his job as a nuclear engineer to come into the business full-time with us, you know, as our director of operations. I have a team of agents who I say, let's not stop here. Let's keep pushing forward. What more can we do with you? You know, and I think that's always my mentality with my children, with anybody in my life. How much bigger and better can we make it to make your dreams, your goals really come to fruition? Uh, look, I, I I also come from a very young parental stem. My mom and dad were very young when I was born. So I reflect to that. So yeah. I appreciate what you went through. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for your military service, right? Because that's, no, that's compounded, right? That's right. like, you make no joke. Go to yeah. Germany, 17 year old with a baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's tough, right? So like, even as a military spouse, you know, I spent 23 years as a military spouse and got divorced. I was 17 when I got married. I knew nothing else. I joke that the military raised me um, because really- I don't know anything else, right? So when I got divorced um, 23 years later, that was a big shock for me to all of a sudden go, you know, you're not part of this community. You hear things like, hey, you're no longer part of this military community anymore. Um, and people not really knowing the background and information. It's none of anybody's business, but to right. also over, you know, there was another hurdle to overcome, you know? Um, and then, you know, getting remarried, you know, my husband's a Navy veteran. So stepping into another aspect of military life from the veteran aspect, from the no longer active duty aspect, it's very, it's been very interesting to me, but it, again, it's just, there's always a hurdle to overcome and I'll take the challenge every single time. And but I'm going to do it. it. Right. The mindset, you know? right. Accepting the hurdle, mm -hmm. not letting it, look, it may throw you off. Right. Mm -hmm. We all have things that are going to set us aside. What, how do I recover? But you never doubted yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I think when you're going into things with the right intentions and the right mindset, I always say, you know, my head's down. I'm here to sell real estate. Right. And that can look different in many different 
capacities for me. You know, initially it was at that single agent mode, which by the way, I think sometimes, you know, is probably an amazing route to be on because now as a team leader, I have all these other, you know, hurdles to get through and it's like hurting cats all the time. Um, but I'm always putting my head down and selling real estate and it looks different all the time, you know, whether that's me interacting one-on-one -on -one with buyers or me putting my head down to lead generate for my team, or, you know, we also have a, you know, a indie mega agent office here. So putting my head down to recruit for that, it looks different all the time, but that's really my goal. So I did the noise, the exterior noise, it's none of my business outside of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so those hurdles that get in my way, I'm just going to get over them. I'm just going to move forward because my real focus and my real passion isn't any of the distraction. Well, and what you have to recognize, right, while you've made the decisions and maybe in your mind, there was a clear path to going, this is what I have to do and I have no choice. The real matter of fact is you always have a choice, right? Right. You had a choice when you had a baby at such a young age. You had a choice when you went overseas. You had a choice when you when you separated and divorced and then started a new business. And all of those things that got in right, you could have chosen a different path, but you didn't let that get to you. So yeah. having I don't that think choice, I figured maybe, that out though early on. I yeah. think it took me until about 35 that life is a series of choices. You're hundred percent right. And you can choose which way you get you're you're in complete control at the end of the day. Nobody else can make that decision for you. I, I've, I've talked with enough people and a lot of people and, and they're like, well, I didn't have a choice. And, and it took somebody to wake me up one day and go, no, yeah. Dave, you actually do have a choice. And you maybe it's unconsciously, but you're you're making a decision mm -hmm. to take the course of action that you're taking. And that was a, uh, an eye opening moment for me to look at things a little bit differently. It didn't change that in my mindset. It still wasn't a choice. Yeah. But recognizing that, okay, that's a good mindset to have around the choices that I'm actually making. Yeah. And I mean, you probably agree with this too. I make bad choices every day still, <laughs> you know, yeah. like every day I make bad choices. And, you know, it's funny. I was just sitting with Joe in a career visioning class last week. And I was thinking, looking back over my KPA, like where some of those bad choices happen really rapidly. Right. Like, you know, but sometimes those choices that I've made rapidly have been the best decisions of my entire life. Um, and I'm OK. Just keep moving forward. And that's yeah. my goal. Um, and, and now I get to look at the different choices every day that impact not just my life, but others. And what an honor. The the I, I told my husband the other day, the fact that he believed in me, we just celebrated our one year uh, wedding anniversary. And so I said, you know, I don't think you thank you. I don't think you understand that your belief in me and allowing us to go down this path has created so has impacted so many other people's lives. When we looked at it, we've we've you know, we've closed over 550, I think it is transactions since 2017. Um, we have a small but mighty team. Well, let's pause that for a second. Yeah, that's five years. Yeah, and five hundred and fifty. Yeah, so that's one hundred and ten a year, approximately. Yeah, I mean, we do a little. Yeah, I, I mean, had simple math there. there yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We but had to build that. That's no small sure. feat on any scale. No, I mean, it, I'm I'm incredibly proud of what we've been able to build and who we've brought along with us to build it. Um, but that's that impact that the choice has now made, right? That choice that we both said together, oh my gosh, let's just, let's just go full steam. 
like whatever it takes, pull out all the stops, you know, go to Anaheim when we have no money for family reunion years ago and pay an extra thousand dollars because you got stuck in Chicago. And we didn't have it, you know, and make sure make make the point that you get a return on this investment. You know, every single single thing we do, um, we're making with a choice of what's what's the outcome going to be. Um, and we're just going to keep going. That's amazing. So let's talk about that. So let's talk. So obviously, at that type of value, you're not doing it alone. And while it's impactful on the people that you represent, those 550 families, and I'm sure there's a handful of repetitious, uh, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because we have a sphere-based business and mindset of helping us, especially I see that a lot from the military personnel, right? Because yeah. you stay in those circles. But now let's just talk about HRVA Homes, right? So that's your business now. Right. Yeah. So we um, we started the team 2017 of HRVA Homes. Um and that's kind of when we first brought on that ad, that first admin and having a, the thought process that, hey, this this is not going to be a solo show. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we focus so much on teams and I've been talking to a lot of um, agents recently and say, I think teams are great and I think it's great for people to create teams. But I hope people understand, too, that it's OK to be a single agent, too. It just wasn't the model for me to yeah. grow it big and to meet our final goals, which our goals included to help other people build big big lives. Right. And so, yeah, we, we, we started HRVA homes with that initial admin and then just kind of grew it from there. And it's a small, but mighty team. We have uh, myself and three other agents. Uh, my husband is our director of operations. Uh, we have two transaction coordinators, a marketing admin. We've got a photographer, videographer, part-time on staff. And then we have an amazing database coordinator, ISA, um, that works virtually, um, who worked with a very large team in Canada for years. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So now you've got all these other people that are also being impacted by the decisions that you make every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and you're I smiling think, about it, which I love. Yeah. Uh, so I think because we've kept it small, but mighty and, and for years, we actually just brought on the third buyer's agent within in April of this year for the first time. I, nobody's left the team ever. So um, our first two agents have been with us for four and five years. And then uh, we just brought on oh, the third. So your first two buyer's agents are still with me, are still with you. Yeah, they're gluttons for punishment, probably. Well, that, that says <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we don't have it. We haven't had any turnover. I mean, uh, I'll knock on wood for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Don't worry. I figured out how to keep them. Right? We <laughs> offer a lot. We build. We're we're incredibly. Uh, culture is the most important thing. Is why I'm at KW. Right? I could have chosen to start our business anyway, but anywhere. But culture was the number one thing for us, and we wanted to bring that for it as well. So we make sure that we're pouring into them. I need to know what their goals are. I meet with them one-on-one -on -one and make sure we're moving them forward, holding them accountable for it. Um, and then we offer some additional perks too that really tie to them. And they don't have to do a whole lot, right? Like they have to do some lead generation. They need to know how to do that. Um, but we try to take all the admin off of their plates. We do pour into them with leads because we do have a responsibility for that when we're asking them for part of their commission. Um, but, you know, we really focus in on, I consider them one of my clients, right? Um, Absolutely. I, treat, I, I try to give them just the same amount of five-star service that I would give our clients as well. Um, and I think I, I learned very early on, I watched a bunch of teams go through a ton of turnover and I watched what I thought they 
they missed out on. Um, and I really felt like it was the focus on the agent and the culture. Um, and I didn't want to go through that. I love that. And I, and I said, I, and it is no small fit. I've, I've watched, I've been on teams. Like I never wanted to build my own team. I was actually always looking, coming from corporate America, I always was looking for the right situation. I could never find it. Yeah. For myself partnering with friends, partnering for the wrong reasons instead of the right reasons. And then I've tried to help coach others around making those mm-hmm. mistakes in the future about finding the right people. And it sounds like you've really kind of stuck to something by, again, following the model, yeah. but then finding the right people and giving them what they're looking for. And when you can do that, right? And have an open, honest culture, mm-hmm. right? Not yeah. just in the market center of the KW, but for yourself. Yeah. They don't need to leave. They don't need to go outside. You're, they're getting what they need because you're listening. Yeah. And we're constantly, um, I try to poke a little bit to get the pulse of where they're at. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we all have days, right? Where we go, oh my gosh, Aaron this, you know, or Aaron that, you know, I, I get it, right? That's That comes with leadership. Um, but I, you know, I really love these guys, right? Like I genuinely love them. I care about what they're doing. I'm watching them become investors, which is something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm watching them hit goals that they wouldn't normally do. I'm watching them have opportunities to have a life still. Um, You know, I I really enjoy working. I don't buy into the workaholic um, kind of mindset because it's something I enjoy to do. So it's a little bit different for me, but each person on my team has a different mindset on that and they're able to live their lives, you know, um, and we can afford them that opportunity and they make well over six figures as a take home net. That's amazing. After team splits. So, I mean, I think to me, it's something I'm incredibly proud of. And that's awesome. You know, and I can't help but the, the things that you've said, right? And now I'm looking behind you. I always like to kind of observe what's going on in the background of the somebody's mess back workspace. There. <laughs> well, I don't call it a mess, but I know what it is, right? So what you got to tell us what, and for those, so again, this is a podcast, but so some of you are going to have to tune to the YouTube channel to see what yeah. we're looking at here. But I see, I see a couple of different things there. Yeah. So this is our, um, this is my agents and my admin staff's GPS behind me. I'm obsessed with the GPS and the 411. Mm-hmm. I'm forever teaching that class at our market center and uh, focus on that with our clients or with our team. This, um, but this is how, by keeping it right next to me, I keep their goals with me. Um, so I can make sure that I'm aligned with their goals. And then of course we have our vision board. Um, we have, we have, some of our agents are getting married. Um, we have referral partners cards that they've sent me from all over the United States and, uh, pictures of Amethyst again, who, uh, brought me into real estate. So I keep her picture close because I am, uh, forever thankful to her for this huge change in my life. And if it's as cool as, cause you brought it back to her, right. It helped you, but now think of what you're doing for those and you're just paying it forward and there will be others if they you know your their vision boards don't already represent you reflect you that they will mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. that 401 and keep it close i like that you said it was theirs and not just yeah. yours mm-hmm. right so the vision of the team is yours but they also have a part of that so working with them and here we are in october and what we do every october is our business planning clinic right so i'm sure you're getting ready just to do that all over again we are we actually uh we take the team away so we're actually we're gonna have, we have to pump pop into November this year, that first weekend in November, because uh, 
one of our agents is getting married this next weekend. Um, yeah, so that's exciting, but we take the team away. We're actually going to be up in Charlottesville. We go for a long weekend, stay in a really, really cool house. Um, and we do our business planning. Uh, we spend an entire day and then we take them for some, uh, fun to be had in Charlotte. <laughs> There's a little bit of fun you can have in Charlottesville, I hear. Um, so we take them out, we run a bus and we hit the breweries and the wineries just for a good time. And then we, uh, we let them go home afterwards. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, it's really that that the annual business planning is the most important part of our year every year. I, I couldn't agree more. As the one of the things like I have, I've, I've been on both sides of it. I've been fortunate to to sit in a room and I've been fortunate to kind of partake in some of those those workshops and leading those. And I absolutely love it. Like to me, yeah. it's the best thing for our associates that we're able to provide and them having their vision of their goals set in October, early November mm -hmm. for the following year, right? They're not yeah. doing this after Christmas, not doing this in January and all of a sudden first quarter's over. Yeah. They're set and they hit the ground running. And that's what allows you to do 12 transactions in December yeah. and yeah. springboard yourself into the future. We've covered a lot of things. And as we start to wrap down today, and I, I want to thank you for your time, but I know none of this happens perfectly. No. <laughs> right. So when no. you're looking back and what you've done, what would you like to share with our audience to say, you know, here's the one thing looking back that I, I'm not even going to say done differently. Let's just say that you've learned from that you would like others to know about when it comes to doing all these things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and this is something I talk about a lot when I, when I teach um, agents, um, doesn't matter what class or what the subject is, get real with yourself, get really real. I think we have a tendency as entrepreneurs or agents to um, really come up with excuses quite often on why we didn't get things done, right? And so I think you need to get really real with yourself and understand that, yeah, you're probably going to have to door knock. If you don't door knock, somebody else is going to. I want to. I will. I'll come in and get that business, right? You're going to have to pick up the phone and stop coming up with excuses for why you didn't do it. Because now more than ever, we've got to triple down. I mean, doubling your efforts isn't going to cut it to keep your market share, right? So really get really real with yourself. And the moment I started to get real with myself and stop making excuses or allowing myself to make excuses on why I wasn't moving the business forward, <laughs> everything changed. Everything changed. That's awesome. Just get real. Yeah. Cut out the BS and just get yeah. real. We all, like you said, we yeah. said all along, we all have those days. Right. Yeah. But if you get clarity and yep. you get real about your goals or what you're mm -hmm. willing to do and not even willing to do is what needs to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot of excuses when I meet with agents, uh, you know, a lot of I can'ts, I can'ts, or this didn't happen. So that didn't happen. You know, the reality is, you you know, we always say you'll you'll make time for the things that are important. Right. And figure out what that looks like. The GPS starts with that. Right. That that's that's the easiest way to get going with that. Listen, awesome. Awesome. And thank you for your time. And I wish you all the continued success in the world. Um, and as we wind down today, I, I look forward to your continued growth and, and your team and as we continue to work forward in the region. So for those of you, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Entrepreneurial Impact with Aaron. And Aaron, we thank you all for your incredible information. Thank you.